But now it's recording. You don't want to tell us about those habits, do you? No, I don't. Those are strictly off the record for my only fans. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mother was very disappointed after she heard that pre-roll from a couple of weeks back. <laughs> You're listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome from wherever you are joining us. And uh, this is the Host Unknown podcast. Uh, hello, Andy. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very good. I'm very good, thank you. Have you had an awesome week this week, or are you just thank crunchy it's Friday? Thank crunchy it's Friday. This week has been the longest year so far. <laughs> No, no, no. I thought April last year was the longest year last year. <laughs> no, this is it's just been an extremely long week. You know, when everything just uh, uh, when you lose more than you win. Uh, I think it's the, uh, if you're keeping tally on how the week's going. So um, uh, yeah, definitely like work everything. My fridge freezer broke down. Did I tell you guys that? What? No. You're heating, your fridge fret. Did you buy everything on the same day and it's all breaking down? <laughs> well, like, not far, roughly. Yeah, not far off that. So, you know, um, I'm sure like you do it, like you, you've got kids or, you know, you've had uh, younger kids where uh, you, you walk in and like you open the fridge. It's like, hmm, it's not as cold as it should be. And you're like, did you leave this fridge door open? <laughs> <laughs> you know, straight away. And then, uh, you know, you look at the freezer part and it's like the ice is, is, you know, there's not any ice. It's sort of getting a bit warmer. And it's like, did you leave the freezer door open? But uh, no, it's just knackered. It's had its time. It's, uh, I mean, I thought it was, uh, you know, maybe six years old. And my wife informed me we had it in our previous house. Um, and then she informed me that we didn't even buy it. It was actually a hand-me-down. Um, so uh, yeah that one but um i mean luckily it's not uh, we've got two fridge freezers uh, so this is the second one but it is my favorite one so much like your internet connections where you have two internet connections and one doesn't like doing podcasts on it (laughs) do you have a a favorite does it does a fridge freezer have a favorite kind of food that you know it only uh, freezes yes, meat in one and vegetables in the other? Lots of drinks and flavored waters are in the uh, fridge freezer part. Uh, so in the fridge, flavored waters in inverted commas is that wine <laughs> and vodka? No, definitely uh, pure. But but it is. It used to be. Uh, do you know that's a funny thing? Before uh, I had a kid, it was my uh, vodka freezer. Uh, I would yeah. store all my vodkas in it and. <laughs> All your vodkas in my yeah. freezer, dear me. Man, how life changes. Anyway, I'm getting oh. depressed just thinking about that. <laughs> Jeff, how are you talking doing this de- week? Talking of depression, yeah. How, how are you, yeah. Jeff? <laughs> you know, it's uh, Tom, you'll remember this. It was, it's been a year to the state. We were in uh, San Francisco last year. At we this time. were. Oh, my God. We were. We were shopping. In um, was it? I can't remember the name of the shop now. One of the, those Target. big department stores. Tar- was it Target? I'm pretty sure. It's, yeah, it's what where the cinema is, isn't it? Yeah, near the Apple Store. That's it. Because obviously, <laughs> oh, we store, went, yeah. obviously we went to the Apple Store. But yeah, we're shopping in Target. You bought you bought a tie, didn't you? You or a, a jacket or something? I can't remember. I can't remember. But yeah, yeah. You, you were you were trying to smarten yourself up for the booth babes, as I recall. But. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. It's it's what I do is when I when I fly to the states, I go with very very few clothing, and then I I stock up on clothes over there because um, 
as I've been uh, bulking up in my <laughs> age, <laughs> I find that their clothes as fit my me clothes have shrunk. Yeah, they, their clothes fit me a lot better, and they're a lot more affordable than the clothes over here. So yeah, it's the the, the ones with three X's in front of them. Exactly, they're quite expensive over here. They are, they are, and over there, they it's the same ones, but they they don't even have an X in front of them; it's just an L. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, so how's your week? Yeah, great. It's been, uh, you know, it it the weeks end like every Friday, and it's like every night. I'm like, next week's going to be different. I'm going to yeah. be more yes. organized. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Oh my, I you should have heard me last Sunday night. <laughs> yes, I'm going to get so much done this week. <laughs> oh dear, but still, payday came around a little quicker, which is always nice. It is. It is indeed. Yeah. yeah. So it was. It was less than four weeks this time, and now it's just. And now it's five weeks for the next one. So it's a bit of a problem. But there you go. But there you go. Yes. So how's your week anyway? Ah, uh, yeah, it's been it's been okay. You're it's adapting not pre- to uh, corporate life again. Oh my goodness! <laughs> a, what do you mean I have to write another presentation? What's wrong with the last one I wrote? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I've got a, I've 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 been given um uh well I did have two presentations I had to write over the next coming you know couple of weeks and I got another one landed on my desk yesterday. It's like what what yeah it's. Do you think you even pay me for that? Oh yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I am gonna have to do this. So uh, yeah, it's um, but it's been good. It's been good. I'll be working yeah. this weekend, but but hey, it's it's all good. I'm I I'm actually enjoying corporate life. Um, I had some lovely conversations with some of the uh, C levels uh, this week, and um, really lovely people. Really lovely people. So it's been good. It's been good. And do you uh, do you miss not being a C level, Tom? Yes. I miss the expense account. (laughs) (laughs) And the privileges that go with it, yeah. And the privileges that go with it. It's bizarre, isn't it? Because, you know, as a sea level, there are certain things that you do. You know, you you beg forgiveness, not permission. It's my budget. I can spend it how I want and all that sort of thing. And now I'm, well, less, you know, even even more than halfway down. Yeah, exactly. spend. Halfway down, I'm thinking, well, I only want to spend, you know, three three grand or so on some camera equipment and a few bits and bobs. <laughs> thinking, you know, I should just go out and buy it. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I should tell them that I want this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, so, so I love it. I love it. You know, it's like, you know, when I was a CLO, it's all about begging for forgiveness and not permission. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, is why Tom is an ex Sea level. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd like to think that that was the reason for it, but it's not. It's not. It, it was pure incompetence. But uh... <laughs> oh dear. But no, it's. I am enjoying it, and I'm enjoying it, and I'm enjoying it especially every last working day of the month. Um, that's probably <laughs> the fav. My favourite point of working for uh, someone else, <laughs> to be honest with you. So, yeah, shall, let's let's move on, shall we? Let's see what we've got. So we do have uh, our favourite this week in Infosec, uh, Tweet of the Week with the best uh, jingle ever for it, uh, Billy Big Balls, Rant of the Week, Industry News. Will we have a little people today, Jav? 
Maybe, maybe. You you know how un- unreliable and flaky these people are, but I, I have it on good authority. Dreadful. Yeah, exactly. Um, and um, given that we probably maybe won't maybe do have a little people today, will we have a sticky pickle of the week? My goodness. Potentially. Yeah. The tension is palpable. (laughs) Stay Um, tuned and find out. Stay tuned for the next 50 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it costs you to find out. Or read the show notes. uh, Yeah, or read the show notes. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Oh, dear. So um, I guess, yeah, we should move... We should move on to um, this week in Infosec. If I could just find the jingle, I'm not. I've not got used to this at all. Where the hell is it? Um, oh well, who knows? Oh, I'm on the wrong page. That's why. <laughs> Here we go. Let's uh, let's go on to this one. This week in Infosec. And in fact, Andy, you reminded me that I played the wrong jingle last week. So uh, but yeah, it, it, but it, it's okay. I don't think anyone noticed. No, no, uh, I think we got intro. away with it. But you know, this one—it's it, just uh, such a uh, catchy tune. Love the tune. Uh, yeah, it just sticks in my head. That's why I miss yeah, tra- it. When I don't trademark hear it. host unknown, though. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> so this is the part of the show where we take a little stroll down memory lane, usually with content liberated from the Today in Infosec Twitter account. Um, and this, uh, we've got two great stories this week, one which I absolutely love, um, don't care whether anyone else does, uh, and the second one which uh, Jav sent through um, to help beef up the content as uh, you know we are running low. Uh, and let's face it, it's going to be a bit, a le- bit of a letdown after yours, Andy. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah. So <laughs> this is uh, the first part. We will take you back a mere thirty-two years to the twenty-fifth of February, nineteen eighty-nine, and this story is the nostalgia that I love to see in the this week in info sex segment, um, and it's what we aim to bring to the youngsters breaking into the industry. So thirty-two years ago today. Um, that's that's the little people. Yeah, well, the little people. But just think how many people weren't even born when, when this was happening. Um, and this this is like the you know when I the, the equivalent of the when I was a child, I had to walk thirty miles to school in the snow type story that we, we <laughs> go through. But you know, this I was particular... an adult in nineteen eighty nine. This is true. Yeah, you'd probably uh, well, you just had your fiftieth birthday, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, in the run up to your fiftieth, yeah. So yeah. yeah anyway. So yeah, many my levels. mother wants a word with you again, Andy. <laughs> it's, it's Jav speaking here. <laughs> anyway, so this story has got so many levels of InfoSec history to it, and this is why I love it. Um, so 32 years ago, Craig Nidorf, um, also a hacker that goes by the name of Night Lightning, uh, he was one of the two founding editors of Frack Magazine. Um, and he had basically published some materials that he had liberated from Bell South, uh, the, the, the telephone company. Um, and this material that he had, he was essentially facing 31 years in prison for distributing these materials, uh, which Bell South described as the inner workings of the enhanced 911 system, um, which obviously, you know, the emergency services use in the U.S., and, you know, as part of the court case, they stated that this material is worth $80,000. Um, 
Um, you know, it's confidential. He'd published it to everyone. Um, and, you know, that $80,000 cost, they had basically derived that from, uh, you know, amongst other things, the, the value of the VAC system that the document had been written on. Because um, you know, you've got to inflate these costs somehow, right? Um, so everything was looking bad. He was looking at 31 years in prison. And this is a major case known as United States versus Riggs. Um, and so you must be wondering, how did he Houdini his way out of it? Because, you know, he would just be getting out of prison now. Uh, you Spoiler alert, he, he didn't. He's still in prison. <laughs> uh, no, but the, uh, the this is just one of the greatest stories. Like, So the charges were actually dropped when they... Oh. They discovered the document was not, you know, as they described it in court, um, but rather more detailed documents could have actually been ordered directly from Bell South for thirteen dollars um, <laughs> for enthusiasts who wanted to understand more about the system and stuff like that. Um, but it, it's just amazing. I mean, this whole case—you imagine the stresses they were going through at the time—and it's not like information as as freely available as it is today because of the internet. Um, and Wikipedia actually lists this case as the catalyst for the founding of the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Uh, you know, the EFF, oh. who, who represent many people in courts. Um, you know, particularly oh. from the the, the security uh, industry. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like I said, this story is just so many levels. You know, we've got Frack Magazine, um, you know, landmark court cases, the government trumping up charges and the foundation of the EFF, uh, which is what made this something I was very happy to share in uh, this Yeah, I like that one. Especially the, the, the $13 reveal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a great book uh, called uh, The Hacker Crackdown. Um, you know, which uh, Bruce Sterling wrote, I think, in the early 90s. But it, it covers a lot of, um, you know, similar stories like this, um, you know, Operation Sun Devil and the, the raid on Steve Jackson James, uh, Steve Jackson Games uh, back in the <laughs> early 90s, uh, late 80s, early 90s. But Steve um, Jackson Games, really? Yeah, but you see, like, how close companies were to, it's so close to going bust because, you know, they got raided and the feds just held on to all of their equipment. Um, you Jeez. know, in the early day without charging them with anything um, because they had that power. But so many great stories from back then. Um, uh, well, <laughs> really abuse of power by uh, federal authorities. But, um, yeah, fantastic. I love those, those type of things. Um, definitely worth, uh, you know, exploring. Get Getting that book. You can get it for free, I think, via um, audiobooks uh, on Apple. But also, it's not that expensive to uh, purchase it. In fact, remember we went to SteelCon a couple of years ago, and I took up uh, you know a load of stuff to to uh, donate to the table that was giving stuff away. Oh um, yeah, that's and right. I took up pretty much most of my book collection, with the exception of the Hacker Crackdown. Uh, it, that's one book I will not give up um, because I love it so much. That's high praise, high praise. Yeah, indeed, and the fact that I read it as well. I mean, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> not big on reading. Uh, anyway, <laughs> best move uh, swiftly on, and this uh, this is a story that Jav, uh, you know, shared rounds with us, and it is a fantastic story. So this week in Infosec, but uh, I think some of the undertones for it uh, we can cover off at, at the end. So anyway, uh, on this day, twenty fifth of February two thousand and five, so only a mere sixteen years ago, um, the authorities arrested a guy called Dennis Raider. 
um, who is an employee and church leader for the so-called BTK, which stood for Blind Torture Kill. Um, and these were a, a load of serial killings that terrorized the state of Wichita in Kansas. Um, why, were they, why are they always church leaders? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah. Uh, it just goes with the territory, I guess. But um, so, I mean, th- this guy, uh, Dennis Rader, was convicted, sentenced to 10 consecutive life terms. So, you know, he's still in uh, prison. Uh, and this was because between 1974 and 1991, he murdered at least 10 people uh, in Kansas that he had gotten away with for over a decade. So if you think, you know, over the span of 10 years, you kill at least 10 people. Oh, 15 uh, years. Could be more. Yeah. Sixty, yeah, and no one knows about it. You're going to feel pretty good about it, right? Yeah. So, in 2004, an article was published, and um, it, it kind of had the undertones that you know no one remembered him. And so he saw this article, and desperate for notoriety, uh, he began to write to the police and the media, and he was sort of gloating that it was him. They couldn't catch him. Um, and in 2005, he sent a floppy disk to the police. Uh, you know, to to brag, and that's how he communicated via floppy disk. And obviously, when the police examined the disk, they found metadata on it. It had an old Word document, um, which revealed the name of the church where he worked, and it had his surname. And so, knock knock, the police came knocking, and they picked him up. Uh, and I've, got, <laughs> I've got some questions here. Uh, initially, just it's two thousand five, and he sent a floppy disk. Yeah, but I mean, if you think he's an old school killer, right? The seventies yeah. were his uh, so, era, the late seventies, and uh, you know the. Uh, was it like one of the eight-inch floppy disks? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? We don't go into that level of detail. There's other shows that we go into that level of details, but not. Yeah, us. that's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, this this comes back to you know, it, this is something that you know I note, and it's funny it came from Jav. People that need that notoriety. You know, people. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know whether Jav subconsciously could uh, relate to it. Uh, you know, this guy did all these great things, uh, or not know. great as in like you know fantastic, but great as in you know huge events. Um, you know that that deserved more media. And just recognition. can't wait to tell people about. And it. just couldn't wait to tell people about. Them. Spoiler alert: Jav's <laughs> weekly news. Oh, I hate you guys. You guys are the worst. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's always those different personalities, the ones that never brag, the ones that never gloat, they're the ones you want to worry about, yeah. um, because that's where all those unsolved uh, crimes are. That's right. I mean, Jav's always talking about being the, you know, the sole founder of Host Unknown, bragging, gloating, and we all know it's not him, right? Uh, absolutely. And I'm so glad that Mo Emin, um, friend of the show on LinkedIn, actually called out the true founder of uh, Host Unknown. As, uh, did he? I didn't. Yeah. I I didn't get a Google alert for that. No, no. And you know what? He, he he said that, and then he immediately asked you for a bribe, Andy. <laughs> what did he ask Andy for? I didn't see that. Uh, some Harry bows, of course. <laughs> oh dear. He's gone very quiet now. He has. In fact, he's gone on mute, so I've got a suspicion he might be coughing or something like that. Uh, I'm just checking the um, 
uh, the track and trace uh, for the postal delivery, which I sent to Mo's house just to uh, make sure he's, he's okay <laughs> with it. But, uh, yeah, should be with you today, Mo. Don't worry about it. Honestly, corruption, <laughs> corruption of the highest order. This week in InfoSec. Oh dear! I tell you what, the criminal mind. If if um if we ever do come across a criminal mastermind, we're screwed. Hello. In reality, aren't we? <laughs> because something that they it's it's a bit like what was it the um the big uh, diamond heist that was planned on the Millennium Dome back in two thousand. Do you oh, remember that one? Yeah. Was it he was bragging um, in the pub? <clears throat> yeah, he yeah. was bragging in a pub that he was going to do this. So. Which basically ended up tipping off the police, and they swapped the diamond out for a fake one, and had, had, had you know officers ready and waiting because someone bragged in a pub. I mean, jeez. And was it the uh, the same story with the Hatton Garden um, diamond heist as well? Uh, yes, yeah. Although they got away with it because they didn't brag before, they bragged after. Yes. Oh, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, you know, at least. Find a trusted circle in which you in which you can sort of brag about this stuff, you know. Some I don't know criminal mastermind, uh, anonymous or something. But but it's it's like that couple from Dallas, was it last year? They were scamming. Uh, they set up fake medical companies and they were scamming um, for um, so, uh, dis, uh, home uh, care home uh, services rendered to insurance yeah. companies. And they they were making like millions off it, and uh, they got caught because they they couldn't resist posting tons of pictures off Instagram of them on private jets and eating lavish um, dinners and everything. Well, didn't we cover that in one of our episodes? We did, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, that's just stunning, absolutely stunning. The the um, well, the ego that that allows somebody to mind you, it's the ego that thinks they can get away with it in the first place, and then the ego that actually drops them in it because they're telling people that they got away with it. Amazing. Keep your ego in check, kids. That's the lesson. Absolutely. And Don't be like away, Andy. Get away with anything. Indeed. Anyway, let's move on, shall we? Let's move straight on now to this week's... Oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's you, mate. That's you. So uh, <laughs> this was a rather provocative, um, uh, I say intentionally provocative article published in the independent uh, quality newspaper uh, by uh, someone called Case Hussain. And uh, he, his, the title is, I use an email tracker to spy on people I work with. This is why. So you can immediately see the, the, that emotional response he's going for with the thing. But um, he's, a, he's a journalist and a student. And um, you know how many times, if, if you're a journalist or, or whoever you are, you send an email to someone and you're not sure, did they actually get my email? Was it good? Was it not good? You know, people who are looking for jobs, they're wondering whether anyone's opening their emails or, or what have you. So uh most people, if their email client allows, they'll enable a read receipt. And it sometimes works, it sometimes doesn't, because most uh, recipient emails, they, they'll notify them that, hey, there's a read receipt on here. Do you want to send it or not? Or, or they can just block it. So what he done, he turned to using those uh, spy pixels where it's a tiny pixel you put in there and it tracks 
everything from location to how many times someone's opened it to all this kind of thing. And you know what? It's not a unusual thing. Actually, if you, if you look, there's an email service called Hey, H-E-Y, and it's a new one. It's set up by one of the founders at Basecamp. And basically, it's all about a, a privacy-enabled email. And they they will flag up any time there's tracking pixels in a in an email to you. So, And there was a whole piece on the BBC, actually, um, last week or this week, earlier this week, where... Um, they they showed like how nearly every single vendor out there, anyone who emails you, the BBC even or British Airways, whoever, they all use these tracking pixels in there, and they were like, "Yeah, hey, this is invasion of privacy or whatever." But that, that's at the at the big corporate level. But in this article, um, you know, it's uh, so, so. There's some quotes I pulled out from from this article where 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 the author is saying, "Of course, it's incredibly unnerving when people accuse me of being invasive." or breaking their trust for using spy pixels. But that is not my intention. For me, it seems like a smart way to do business. Uh, and, and then um, he, he, uh, he threw up in the face of uh, one of his colleague, uh, colleagues that he, he knows that she'd opened his email 14 times and hadn't responded. Um, and she asked me, do you think it's incredibly invasive and encroaching for you to know how many times I read your emails? But I kept using it. Then a former teacher accused me of intruding in her personal life for using it. Neither of these were enough to deter me. <laughs> Blimey. Oh, so, I, I mean, I, I think the, the thing is that when, when a company uses them, they're using it as part of a marketing campaign. It's done on mass and yeah. it's, it's being tracked by mainly an automated system. This is individual spying. And, and and the thing is, like, you know, you spy on someone. Yeah, this is like being a peeping, peeping, peeping Tom. <laughs> yeah, you spy on someone. You get caught spying. The victim is then explaining to you why it's uncomfortable or hurtful or harmful to them. And you just carry on because that's what you want. Um, that That's like, I think that's some uh, soci- sociopathic behavior right there. Uh, Andy, you're you're an expert in sociopathic behaviour. What do you think of that? <laughs> so uh, you're a narcissistic sociopath, Andy. <laughs> What's your view on this? So I remember uh, back in, like, I mean, this started, you know, I think when you first get into corporate life, you start seeing these uh, email receipt has been requested. Do you wish to send it? Yeah. Um, you know, I always said no, and then you know, Lotus Notes came around, and you know, had to go into it, edit it, make sure, just don't even ask me, just never send one. Uh, and I've got the same setting now. It's like, if anyone asks for it, just never send it. I don't care. Yeah. Um, and these tracking things, I'm curious, do, does this require, um, you know, most mail clients now will say images have been blocked. You know, do you wish to load them? Yeah, or do um, you want to download the HTML? Do you want to yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I never do that. Um, but also, like, to me, email's just not really the my main mode of communication so i don't care I, I would happily open someone's message a hundred times and not reply to it if i knew that they were getting those stats um <laughs> just to wind them up just to wind them up um so i'd love to know if people are doing that and i, I can see you know sometimes you see messages and it says you wish to download stuff and there's nothing else there to download um, and i'm guessing people will hide them in their signatures and stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah. but um yeah, I mean, to me, I just, uh, I don't, 
use email that much, if I'm honest. Uh, I know that that sounds a funny thing. So I receive probably, you know, up to anywhere between 400 and 600 emails a day. Um, I generally just don't read half of them. Um, I can get a gist just from the subject line, whether or not it's of interest uh, or what the message is going to be about. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, if there's a way of me knowing that someone's tracking it, I would happily just keep opening it and not replying. Maybe that's a service that should be developed. Like, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like this person is is deploying the spying track uh, tra- uh, pixel. Do you want to fuck with them? <laughs> and you say, yes. And then it's a sliding scaler. How much do you want to mess with them? Open this message every 15 seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In the deleted items, so I never see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he- here's the thing, just, just to challenge you slightly. Is it... Is it really an invasion of privacy to know how often you've opened somebody's email? Uh, well, that's—I mean—that's the thing. Is like, I, you know, if someone says to me, "Oh, you, you haven't replied to my email," I say, "Okay, sorry." Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, or, but yeah. if they said you've opened it fifteen times and haven't replied to it, you know, I say, "Oh, sorry, I just don't know how to how to drop yeah. to your level. You know, put things in a way you're <laughs> going to we- understand." <laughs> <laughs> or even fill the gaps. I've opened it 15 times and I either don't wish to or can't reply. Do you know what I mean? It's, I, I, I'm i not saying that, that this is how we should approach this and I'm not saying that this, this uh, particular journalist is doing the right thing and not displaying slightly sociopathic tendencies, as you said, Jab, but but it's it's like, is there a big deal in this? It depends, you know, it's, it, if it's... If it's able to to get the um, your, your physical location when you open it, if it's able to, you know, switch on your camera when you open it and things like that, absolutely, you know, gross invasion of privacy. But just knowing when a, an email has been opened or not, I I'm not I'm not sure. I don't know. I think a lot of it comes down to the context in which it's framed, and I think that he yes. So so both the examples I read out in here, they were females. Number one, they get a lot of harassment and stalkers yeah. compared to like you know fat old men like you two who, who've yeah. never been stalked or harassed less so, of the old thank you <laughs> <laughs> but and yeah. and of course by females jav i presume you mean women yeah <laughs> right, okay. just checking so um <laughs> you, you can take uh, the man out of ferengi but uh you can't take that. <laughs> And and then to to then throw the stats into someone's face, I think that's what makes it real for people. And and then they think, well, yeah. wait, how do you know? And the, and the and the mind start racing. What else do you know about me? Even though you can boil it down into a simple like, well, I only have a this tracker that can open that. But yeah, you start thinking, you start making all these other assumptions. Is this what they know? What else could they know about me? So I don't know. It's, it's, it's the insinuation is very creepy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Is it a generational thing, do you think, like, um, in terms of how much this would bother you? Well, I don't think we had it around when uh, Tom was a kid, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, when the uh, Roman messengers delivered you a, a letter, <laughs> <laughs> they, watched, I, they ask... watched you open it. <laughs> like... No, 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 I asked him to stand outside the tent while I opened it. <laughs> oh, okay, right, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Are you done with it, sir? No way. <laughs> Have you uh, opened it, sir? No. Fourth time. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. read it four times. Yeah. <laughs> Do you wish to reply, sir? No. 
Can I tell them that I've delivered it? No. <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah, it's it's it is an interesting one. It's it, again using the technology, and I, I, you know, it's it's not cool. I always click no when it says um, you know there's a read receipt being attached to this, and I do you know part of me thinks I don't know why I click no, and I think the reason, really, when I think about it, the real reason for clicking no is. I have this image of them waiting at their computer to find out if I've read their email or not. <laughs> and I enjoy that, which in itself is slightly sociopathic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can get delivery receipts as well, though, right? So, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's pretty, people like just rely on that instead, right? It's been delivered. Yeah. Whether they read it or not, that's. For, for me, what, what I, I turn off all the read receipts, even on like um, whenever chat platforms can allow you to turn it off or whatever, you, because I feel like it sets an unrealistic expectation of there's a response coming within a certain SLA. And, <laughs> and, and, like, and like most people, like, I, I mean, like I email. You need to have a with your wife, Jav, because no, really, no, no. No, no, no. in a marriage, really that should not be working no, no, but email it should be like a asynchronous form of communication. Yes, it's, absolutely, should you know, well, you sure. send it and then you give them three days a week, uh, ten years. It doesn't matter, but you know, it's it's not. But then again, so should Slack and instant messages and all that sort of thing. Yeah, but they're I think all that, asynchronous. They, well, they are, but you know, the fact that they notify you when someone's read it, and not only that, that that horrible, the worst words ever. X is typing. Oh <laughs> my god! Yeah. <laughs> But do you remember when Google was it Google Mail when they first launched, or, or they had a change where if you were replying to your email, it would sort of switch into Google Chat if the other person was also in their mailbox that oh you were communicating God. with. Do you remember oh, that? No, I, no, I don't. And it had that whole thing, you know, like X is typing, um, you know. But yeah, I, I don't know. I guess uh, to me, emails kind of. I'm not huge on email uh these <laughs> these days anymore um I, I tend to get it more as a, a news blast rather than um you know like a major way of communicating well i mean I, I i understand that because even when we send meeting requests for the host unknown podcast any any time you reply is actually if i'm standing outside your house with a megaphone <laughs> so <clears throat> yes i'm coming <laughs> well so you send it to my email it automatically goes into my calendar and then that, that's cool. I know when it's there. Like, yeah, I get no, the alert but, like, yeah, at 9 But you don't accept or, it. No. You're supposed to say, yes, I'm coming. <laughs> you know I'm going to be there. I'll let you know if I'm not. I'll tell you if I'm, I'll tell you if I WhatsApp if I'm coming or not, right? <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah, that was the most disturbing <laughs> evening ever. Anyway, thank you so much for that, Jav, uh, for this week's... Billy Big Balls. Of the week. More disturbing revelations this week. Interesting one that one was. Uh, I'm conscious we are rapidly uh, burning through time, aren't we? Oh, I know. As always, it's almost like we uh, enjoy the sound of our own voices. <laughs> so let's move straight on, shall we? Listen up! Rant of the week. It's time to mother rage. So this is a story from a week or so ago. And so Apple's iMessage service is probably one of the more so, secure whoa, whoa, whoa. market. Why right. are you doing the Apple story? Well, 
Right, I'll tell you, and I'm going to get to it, okay? So there's some behaviours here that are just not good. And I what? expect no. better from Apple. Okay. What? No, outrageous. How dare so, you? <laughs> I'll start off as, as all good shit sandwiches do start. You start with a positive. Um, and that is, you know, their iMessage service, you know, considered one of the more secure ones on the market, you know, provides end-to-end encryption, um, which obviously means no one apart from the sender or receiver can unlock that text. Uh, so all good so far, right? So when are your messages not safe? And that is if you have backups enabled on iMessage, all of your text is uploaded to iCloud. And because Apple made the choice to make it possible for users to download those messages when they change phone, rather than enforce encryption on those backups, um, they leave it all in plain text. Uh, And this was detailed in a uh, recent report from John Hopkins University. Um, So when those backups are turned on, uh, Apple can unlock those iMessages, and they have done so for government uh, officials should people come knocking with a valid warrant. Uh, And so this is exactly what happened during the investigation into a crew of um, alleged dark web drug dealers uh, operating out of Virginia. Um, and all of this information is recently made public according to a, you know, a recently unsealed search warrant. Uh, and within the document, it sort of details this investigation that started in 2020 where the um, Alexandra Police Department, um, through one of their confidential sources, they went through that person's iPhone. Uh, and then that iPhone had messages with contacts with members of this you know, sort of alleged conspiracy. Uh, so then police just served Apple with a warrant. Uh, for all of these iCloud accounts, and then downloaded all the iMessages that were in there. And, you know, these messages detailed the manufacture of fentanyl and and care fentanyl, opioids, um, heroin, you know, all these sort of pills, and, you know, very really sort of detailed information about the sort of potency of those pills, um, as well as photos as well and recipes that they were using. Um, And so all of this information was just put together from the messages that uh, you know were uploaded to the iCloud, so these these people thought they were communicating securely, um, and then it turns out that um, they were communicating securely. But then you know all this stuff goes into the back end, uh, and, and obviously Apple has long held its position on um, iCloud backups uh, that they focus on usability rather than security. Um, so you know the, the whole yeah, point is yeah, if so- you change your phone. Um, if you want to download all your old stuff, uh, it's just there. It's I, it's kind of conflicted about this one in all seriousness because one, I think, if there is a valid, um, if there's a valid legal basis for discovering someone's, you know, uh, opening up someone's data, it should be observed. You know, we we you have to trust to a certain extent the um, the, the legal framework of whatever country you're in. And if, if there is a valid warrant or equivalent, then if you have access to that data, you should turn it over, be you an ISP, a, a banker, you know, a technology company, whatever. It doesn't matter. So there's there's that side of things. The flip side is Apple are very, uh, as we know from my usual rantings on this, you know, Apple are very focused on privacy, et cetera. But what they don't make very clear is that, under certain circumstances, i.e. you use iCloud to back up your iMessages, 
you do not you you lose that that privilege almost of of having a fully encrypted backup of your of your data that you control the key to that's not yeah. actually made uh, abundantly clear um, no. and whilst and, and in it's this fair to assume that a company like apple with all of their other security controls would i mean you know, we regularly say it's one of these common controls you know whenever you look at backups for a company those backups yeah. also have to be encrypted. Yeah, they always also need security equal or greater than the original well, source. Well, let's face it; they probably are encrypted, but they're encrypted with keys that Apple own rather than you as an individual own. That's the difference. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, there is that. Yeah, which you wouldn't expect. You know, if you've got this no. um, end-to-end. No, exactly. So, so, so when I, yeah, that's right. That's right. So when you know, so when um somebody grabs my phone and tries to look at my messages they can't because you know it's my encryption key mm. so therefore they go to the you know the, the the organization in the middle that i've thought you know it's nice to have all those uh, all, all those messages with the recipes for for coke and meth and all that sort of thing uh, so i don't have to ask jab for them again um the Especially uh, since know, he switched back- on deleting messages on WhatsApp, right? <laughs> he did, yeah, exactly. But but it'd be nice to have those so that when I change phone, it's still there. Uh, and also, well, it's Apple, so it's encrypted, right? Yeah, but it's not something I own. So it's. I think if Apple had been clearer, they would come out of this looking a lot better. <laughs> if they had been clearer, those criminals wouldn't have been caught. So. <laughs> well, and there's the source of the conflict, right? Yeah, yeah. No, you, you make valid points because uh, I think you're right, Tom, because there are two issues here. One is like, should a company cooperate with uh, a valid legal request? I think absolutely yes. And there, there's, I don't think there's, you know, there's a ton of debate. I mean, you'd always find people that would debate that point. But yeah. but, but then all these companies, they, they put out their transparency reports and they say, like, you know, how many legal requests they've received in the year, how many they've complied with and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And um, there's many examples of when, you know, certain countries, they're, in, they're, they're not looking at the legitimate interests of their citizens. They're doing it that's you know, right. in, or, yeah. in order for persecution, et cetera. Not a lot we can do about that in this. In this, no, no, argument. exactly, and, and that's a different, yeah, issue altogether. So, so the real issue boils down to is, you know, should Apple be doing better? And I think yes, they can be doing better. Um, and, and also the fact that if law enforcement can use anything, and whether, and this is the whole argument around backdoors as a whole as a concept, is that. Yeah. If you enable something that law enforcement can use, then a bad guy is going to create a tool and they're going to use it as well and abuse it. So, um, and also, uh, yeah, I think there's also concerns around, um, you know, what the the level of uh, of proof that or the level of um, you know suspicion that's needed to obtain a legal warrant as well. Uh, Well, that's down to the 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 legal. Uh, system of whatever it, country you're indeed in. yeah but wasn't there you know in the uk where you only needed uh, up to like a, a inspector's level in order to um yeah. to obtain a what you know and, right. yeah i mean suspicions of the police you know if they just want to go on a fishing exercise um you know it's it's difficult to say that that's a robust system that you could put a lot of trust in yeah yeah, absolutely. But that that's outside of the control of of the companies in question, right? 
For sure, yeah. But then, you know, they put themselves in that position by holding those keys or, you know, having that ability to um, decrypt. But, but what's their alternative to, to not uh, comply with a legal, if by some people's standards, unethical uh, request? But if they gave that option where, you know, the messages were encrypted and it's very much like, you know, the authenticator app and stuff like that, if you lose your keys, then you're screwed. Um, you know, that's it, yeah. tough. Or, or, or your but I think this is what gone. we're saying. Apple should be yeah. clear that if you press this, if you click this, your your messages will be backed up, but unsecured. Yeah. 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 If you, if you, want, the, if you want the no snitch option... <laughs> Yeah, where, yeah. where we encrypt it and you hold the keys, it's a bit more cumbersome, but yeah. the feds can't access it, then it's another $5 a month. Uh, well, no, not even that. Not even another $5. It's just a case of then don't use this service. I snitch then protection. Then don't back it up to iCloud. Yes, I snitch. Exactly. <laughs> I snitch. There we uh, go. <clears throat> I grass. Yeah. <laughs> well, Interesting I'm to gonna, hear that one. After uh, after today's podcast, I'm going to have to go and self-flagellate for for disagreeing with Apple. <laughs> somewhat, um, of a, yeah, somewhat of a sticky pickle as well. <laughs> well, yes, um, yeah, <clears throat> sticky pickle of the week. Yeah, trademark. Sorry, trademark. Sticky pickle of the week. Trademark. Absolutely. No, that was a good one. That was a good one. Thank you very much, Andy. Rant of the week. What time is it, Andy? Uh, it's time to pick a sweeper, <laughs> but oh, we don't have to. Yeah, it is. Sketchy presenters, weak analysis of content, and consistently average delivery. Like and subscribe now. That was the most appropriate one, I think, at this time. <laughs> so, Andy, what time is it? Now it's, it's time. It's time for us to head over to our sources on probation over at the InfoSec PA Newswire, where it has not been a particularly busy week, but they have continued to bring us the latest and just the latest, really, security news from around the globe. Industry News. Internet Registry Registry Ripe NCC warns of credential stuffing attack. Industry news. Concern as attacker breakout time halves in 2020. Industry news. US retailer Kroger admits Axelion breach. Industry news. Aircraft maker Bombardier breached by Axelion FTA hackers. Industry news. Legal firm leaks 15,000 cases via the cloud. Industry news. Kia denies ransomware attack. Industry news. Aston Martin Formula One team partners with Sentinel One. Industry news. CrowdStrike slams Microsoft over SolarWinds hack. Industry news. Educational adaption required to close the cyber skills. Industry news. (laughs) That was this week's... Industry news. Huge if true. Yeah. You say they're a pretty boring week. That's not a boring week. That's got Formula One in it. That's brilliant. (laughs) You know, I think I I read somewhere Kia's denial was really weird because they said that we haven't been hit by ransomware, but 
none of their systems were available and customers couldn't even collect their cars. They went there and there was like, <laughs> I think some customers even said like, um, what is it? I went to the Kia dealership and signed a new le- lease, yet the manager told me your computers have been down for three days due to ransomware and has affected <laughs> Kia all over the USA. And Kia's like, nothing to see here, nothing to see here. It's like that. It's uh, like Comical Alley, like from yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the head of PR. That's We're by totally no means the biggest story. That's not the biggest story this week. The biggest story is definitely the Aston Martin F1 team. Um, so I'm looking forward to life after June 21st when we can start getting to promotional events sponsored by Sentinel One. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. If my Sentinel One paymasters are listening, then uh, you know uh, we are open for sponsorship, as yeah. you know. And, anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, so- the old uh, Aston Martin wouldn't go amiss either. <laughs> so, yeah, because they throw those things around, you know, like like uh, confetti. Obviously, yeah, it, obviously, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying they're a bit better than uh, you know, sort of like branded t-shirts. I would drive an Aston Martin more than I would wear a, a Sentinel One t-shirt. That's true. I wouldn't even do the decorating in an Aston Martin either. <laughs> so, yes. Anyway, let's see uh, what uh, what uh, our other colleague has. Javad's Weekly Stories. 6,000 VMware vCenter devices vulnerable to remote attacks. Industry news. Is Clubhouse safe? And should CISOs stop its use? Industry news. Google Alerts used to launch fake Adobe Player Updater. Industry news. Hackers are using Google Alerts to help spread malware. Industry news. And the most important, Javad Malik wins 2021 Cybersecurity Professional Awards for European Blogger of the Year, Silver. And that was this week's... Badly read. Javad's Weekly Stories. So t- tell me more about this award which you've won. No, oh, tell I'm, me more about this Adobe player. I'm glad you asked, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something I, I, I didn't even know I was up for, to be honest. A colleague of mine, <laughs> a colleague of mine messaged me saying, uh, congrats on the silver. And I was like, what silver? <laughs> uh, and uh, I've never come second in my life. And uh, so he, he he sent me the link and cybersecurity hyphen excellence hyphen award.com forward slash 2021 hyphen cybersecurity hyphen we'll put it in the show notes but they have a few categories on there i nominated you jeff Uh, that that's how i know i nominated they they have about like seriously andy of course i always lift you guys up I, i always do this hard work behind the scenes (laughs) <laughs> and uh yeah so there's a cybersecurity blogger of the year europe and uh i was given the silver award for it who got gold bernard meyer no never heard of him no neither have i he he's apparently a editor or a security reporter at cybernews.com oh, okay so, so i think it's unfair to compare bloggers to professional like people, <laughs> journalists and what have you. But uh, so, uh, but what was interesting, so there's also it. cybersecurity blogger of the year for North America. And that the silver in that was Joseph Carson, our friend from Lithuania, the unknown yeah, state well, of North America. 
uh, our Irish friend from Lithuania. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, okay. Just checking. Well, it's probably uh, uh, because it's Irish, he's probably got Boston on his birth certificate or something. I'm surprised it wasn't Troy Hunt, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, very another... good. It's always good to get some recognition, you know, let's be clear. It is. It is, it is. Um, you don't want me to go all sending you floppy disks to tell you how great I am. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm curious about another story that you contributed in uh, for this one. Uh, and this is the one about Clubhouse. Um, you know, is it safe and should CISO stop its use? Yeah. Uh, so I downloaded Clubhouse um, at the start of the year. Uh, Jav, you're not an iPhone user, so you can't have it. Uh, Tom, I tried to invite you and you said you have zero interest in <laughs> in coming along. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I guess. Yeah, what, I've, uh, I've seen you. you I've seen you outside on. schools handing out sweeties. <laughs> uh, no, crack, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, the first hit is always free, and then suddenly you're addicted. I mean, look at Jav and TikTok. For you know, let's be clear. I'm not addicted. Yes, you are. I can stop no. any time. Oh I want. no! Oh your no! Last, no! No! <laughs> your last twenty posts to us on our WhatsApp group are TikTok videos. <laughs> That's only because that's where the good content is. <laughs> it's better than you regurgitating Reddit's front page, but <laughs> yeah. So anyway, with this anyway. one, Jeff, what are you doing uh, talking on this story when you, you've you've probably never even seen Clubhouse? I am fully aware of Clubhouse, a social media <laughs> uh, sort of like you know elite like me. <laughs> it always rubs shoulders with the latest and greatest uh, social media platforms to see if I can monetize it as much as my OnlyFans. And um, <laughs> you must spend a fortune on fishnets, Jeff. Yeah, it's really interesting though because a, I'm like, why are you surprised that uh, uh, you're commenting on a public social media platform and people are, you know, and now it's being heard by other people. Um, you know, your, your audio recordings. It's it's not really the place you want to go. If you want to be discreet about something, let's be honest. You're, you're, it's, no. it's an audio, it's an audio channel, um, and and then you know it's. I mean, looking at the vulnerability, it's really like their their API was just warped, wasn't it? They, they, the way they issue the the session token. So so when you log on, you get a session token for your ID, but then the server issues you a separate one depending on the room that you enter, and they're not linked in any way. So if you go into a room and you're given speaker privileges, um, that is completely different from your login session token. So you can then take that token and you can reuse it. You can spread it around. Um, so basically, you can then log out. Of that. So even if the moderator revokes your access, you, that's a long life token. You can then reuse it elsewhere. Uh, and you Jeez. can share it. And that's basically what the vulnerability was. It's just like poor token management, uh, session management. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they, you know they, they, they could have integrated it just better and that would have solved the issue. But, um, but I think every, how... this, is, this is the journey of every popular platform, though, right? It's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. You, you start off as you grow because, you know, you don't know, <laughs> you don't know whether you can afford to build this thing first. You know, you need people to come onto it. You know, the cost of security is so high for something you don't even know if it's going to grow. And, you know, they got that sudden boost when Elon Musk came onto it, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Zuckerberg's uh, a member of it. Um, and so now they're sort of working backwards. You know, they've had GDPR concerns, you know, the ties to China. 
Um, all of the things that all good social media platforms go through in their early stages. Um, exactly. So yeah, to me, this is just a funny story to you know, everyone get up in arms about. It's you know, we we see it every single time a platform gets popular, right? Yeah, it, it's kind of like the standard playbook now, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's like wait, keep your eye on startups. Wait until they get mildly popular. <laughs> Be outraged at their lack of privacy policy. <laughs> you could you could pre-write your um, you know, your breach comments or your privacy policy comments or your vulnerability <laughs> yeah. comments up front. You know that. I mean, just, that's, in fact, just, I mean, just pre-writing, is, pre-writing is a long time ago. I'm I'm trying to get a developer like a AI that can. Just pluck out the relevant quotes and send them and randomize a few of the words. <laughs> Sounds like David Bowie's songwriting technique. <laughs> You're cutting up words and then rearranging them in, on uh, you know on the on the table in front of you until you got a song. Yeah. I had no idea that's what he did. Well, that, that's fascinating. That, that was one of, the, that one of the methods, David Bowie. One of, Thank yeah, you. one of the methods he used in um, uh, in the seventies. That's great. Uh, well, maybe. The one story that I, I really thought was uh, very clever amongst these, and I'm just conscious of time, so was the Google Alerts <laughs> used to fish people. And uh, if, if you're a fisher, then you know that it's it's a it's a normally it's a it's a great return on investment if you're sending fish emails. But you have the thing that you, you might get stopped stopped by the email gateway, it might end up in the spam, or even if it hits the user's inbox, they're not gonna click on the link. So what these scammers were doing is uh, they're looking at what people have uh, set up as Google Alerts or what are the most popular search terms. And they were creating fake news headlines with those search terms in it. That's brilliant. Uh, (laughs) So that Google Alerts picks it up and sends it to your inbox. And then when people would would click on it, it would redirect them to a malware page. So (laughs) I mean, that ingenuity... There is there without a shadow of a doubt. That's impressive. It is very good. And now I'm going back to like all the all the links I clicked on over the week, hoping that it wasn't one of those because <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few Google alerts set up. You know, not 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 only with my name, but yeah, uh, but but mostly, mostly. Anyway, that that was uh, this week's Javad's weekly stories and lots of. So them. we're going to rush on to the end here. Um, Jav, do we have a little people? Yes, we do. What? Seriously? <laughs> we do. <laughs> if you want to run the jingle, I, I can introduce it. <laughs> All right. The little people. So this week's little person is someone who is a friend of the show, Yusuf Sayed. We've met him a few times, even though Tom doesn't remember meeting him. <laughs> um at, at some, we met him at um, the rant event at some four five one um, roundtable event. I have but, since remembered him since uh, you mentioned him at the oh, beginning. Since, so you, you since you I described my apologies. Him to, since I described him to you as the brown guy with the beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And exactly. you're like, there's only like three people. But, uh, <laughs> he is just a, get over it. He's a security architect, and I said. What is it about security architecture that security people don't really get? My big issue with architecture within IT domains. Hmm. My father, he studied architecture for eight years. That's longer than it takes to become a doctor. 
does a Bachelor of Architecture followed by a Diploma in Architecture, and then usually becomes a member of the Royal Institute of British Architects. To my knowledge, there's no comparable educational path within IT, digital, or cyber for architects. Certain bodies provide certifications, but none of them come close to eight years of dedicated study. As such, there's a Wild West aspect of being an IT architect. Anyone can call themselves an architect with next to no qualifications or experience to back that up. There's no standardized definition for what an IT architect is or should be. So this brings about a huge amount of confusion for recruiters, and there's so much space for smooth-tongued scammers and charlatans to operate. I mean, some of the companies and people I could mention are a right bunch of chances. Like, wait a minute, you're not recording any of this, are you? I'm an architect. <laughs> yeah. An architect of your downfall. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you, you need to add in the, the thunder and lightning sound effects in the background. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I'll try and do that afterwards in post. Um, anyway, it's interesting because architect with a capital A versus architect with a, with a lowercase a. I don't know. Do you feel? Do you feel seen? Do I feel seen? I never claimed to be a security architect. Well, you just said I'm an architect. Of downfall. Yeah, not a security architect, <laughs> just the architect oh. of your downfall. Oh, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, well, I, I think you are an IKEA architect. I'll put you down as that. I'll endorse you for that <laughs> on LinkedIn. I'm an uh... Apple architect. <laughs> oh, dear. No, very interesting. Very interesting. Very it does eight years to be an architect. That is quite a long time. Maybe his dad was just a slow learner. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a six-month course. It took him eight years. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, I think we should end this podcast. Uh, oh, I this, think uh, on podcast. that note, <laughs> absolutely, before we really, really um, – uh, um, before we really put our foot in it. Anyway, Jav, we are well over now, so we even had to miss out a section. Uh, but Jav, thank you so much for this week. Uh, I do hope you have a lovely weekend. Thank you so much. And, and, Andy, and I hope you do too. And hopefully Monday is super productive uh, as the next week Oh, it week will begins. be. It will be. <laughs> it's going to be as productive as yours is. Excellent. <laughs> so we're screwed. Um, and Andy, thank you very much. Stay secure, my friends. Stay secure. You've been listening to the Host Unknown podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, comment and subscribe. If you hated it, please leave your best insults on our Reddit channel. The worst episode ever. R slash smashing security. I can't believe you called a contributor's father slow. <laughs> Jeff, no, it's, it's no surprise that people don't say. want to send you stuff. <laughs> well, look, it takes five years' experience to do a CISSP. How does that compare to an architect's eight years? Tell me that. Tell me that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Yusuf. Oh my god, he's never speaking to me again. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>